Boulder, Colorado, Dallas, Texas, Indianapolis, Indiana, Scottsdale, Arizona, Jacksonville, Florida, Detroit, Michigan, Hampton, Virginia, Jackson, Mississippi, Tulsa, Oklahoma, Charlotte, North Carolina, Memphis, Tennessee, Baltimore, Maryland, Nashville, Tennessee, New Orleans, New Louisiana, oh my God, uh, Chicago, Illinois, and Kansas, Missouri, home of the Super Bowl champion, Kansas City Chiefs, and they played last night and they won and they get ready for the season. I want to say welcome to lunch with the Missouri by Team of Commerce for August the 28th, 2021. My name is Alan your host and creator, along with Elder Alan Lyle. How you doing, Rev? Fine. Uh, you know, Rev, but also, I'm not seeing he's doing, he's also a good comedian, too. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you laugh for we can't want everybody. Anyway, how's the family doing, Rev? Oh, everybody doing fine. And, and, and your choir that you're raising? Oh, yeah, the, the choir's doing fine, too. <laughs> and there's one, you, you got a person playing instrument in the family, too. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, boy. Anyway, Scott, how's, how's, you, how's you doing, brother? <laughs> I am frazzled but fine. Well, the reason he's frazzled, okay, this is going to be a long week. Yeah, 5547.
Good afternoon, the whole universe. Let's bow our heads. Heavenly Father, we continue to thank you for your wonderful gospel. How did Christ die for our sin, was buried, and rose again? By continue believing to the saving of the soul, continues to make heaven your home before you sleep and after you sleep. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We are already seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Our name is written in the book of life. And Heavenly Father, that the Holy Spirit continue to text the gospel and convict spirits all over the universe to be saved before it's ever too late. And Lord, we ask you to continue to bless the sick. And we still thank you for raising us up this morning, Heavenly Father. You didn't have to, but you did. And we thank you we've seen a day we ain't never seen before. And we give great thanks for that in your most darling son. Jesus' name, amen. Rev, I want to thank you for that beautiful prayer because we saw a, a, a new day, a new opportunity you know, to be a part of what's, what's going on in life. Just to, have, to have a full day, 24 hours, you know, that we know that that's ours you know, if we do the right thing. <laughs> and so, Rev, what do you have for us this week, brother? Uh, we got a whole lot, but it's, it, it, could, it could be short. As possible, but it's a whole lot, and, we, and it's about uh, the, the 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 first beginning, the first man that wanted to be like God was King Tyre in Ezekiel twenty-eight, and uh, the person that used him was uh, Lucifer. He used King Tyre to do what he do, and uh, so. We, it starts out when God, this was a war in heaven. We're going to start off with the war in heaven. And this will begin, this before the heaven and the earth was even made. This was going on. Look at uh, Revelation 12, 7. Get your pencils and pens ready, people out there, so you can get this and read it later. Revelation 12, 7. This is, this is the title, <laughs> or it could be another title too. But verse 7 said, and there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon fought in his angels. This is a Revelation 12 and 7. And there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon fought in his angels. Now, who was Michael? Who was Michael? Who Michael was? Michael's an archangel. He's a, he's running the presence of God. Really, is a seraphim, and he was a chief angel. All right. The next next verse come in. The reason why the war in heaven, and, and when you read Genesis, it said uh, the world was turned, and Jeremiah said the world was turned upside down as well as in Genesis. But here's in uh, Jeremiah. Jeremiah talks about it in the fourth chapter of Jeremiah, verse 23. I beheld the earth, and lo, it was without form and void, and the heavens with the S on it. And they had no light. I beheld the mountains. 
lo, they tremble, and all the hills move lightly. I beheld, and lo, there was no man, and all the birds of heavens were fled. I beheld, and lo, the fruitful place was a wilderness, and all the cities thereof were broken down at the presence of the Lord, and by his fierce anger. Here's another point. Ezekiel 28 starts with the rebuke of King Tyre. He thought he was a, a god. It is in, I'm going to go, it, you can read the whole chapter, but I'm going to just uh, narrow the stuff information down. In verse 12, it said, Son of man, take up a lamentation upon the king of Tyrus, and say unto him, Thus said the Lord God, Thou sealest up the sum full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. Now, when it's talking about right here, it's talking about your intelligence and, you know, and your maturity in things. That's what perfect means there. It didn't say consent because Satan can sin too. The angels can sin just like man. They got a free will as well as we have. Thou has been in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was thy covering, the sardis, topaz, the diamond, the beryl, the onyx, and the jasper, the sapphire, the emerald, and the carbuncle, and gold. The workmanship of thy tabrets and of thy pipes was prepared in thee the day that thou was created. Talking about Lucifer. Thou art the anointed cherub that covered, and I have set thee so. Thou was up on the holy mountain of God. Thou hast walked up and down in the midst of the stones of fire. Thou was perfect in thy ways. From the day that thou was created, till iniquity was found in thee. By the multitude of thy merchandise, they have filled the midst of the the midst of thee with violence. This is why your violence come up. Every individual in the world got this in them because of the Lucifer making a mistake and fell from God's grace. He wanted to be a God. And every little man out here wants to be a god as well. And thou hast sinned. That brought sin in the world, the war in heaven. You know, Rev, you know, that just always amazes, okay? Even from, you know, from the time they're trying to build a trip, you know, the, you know, the, you know, the, 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 I guess the, the structure to heaven. Everybody want to be like God. I mean, why can't they just accept what God put, made them be? Well, that's because of Lucifer. <laughs> Lucifer brought all this mess in. <laughs> yes, sir. I want to hear you say that. Okay. <laughs> and it goes to say, I will cast thee as profane out of the mountain of God, and I will destroy thee, O covering church, from the midst of the stones of fire. Uh -huh. Thy heart was lifted up because of thy beauty. Thou hast corrupted thy wisdom by reason of thy brightness. See, the what wisdom is talking about intelligence. 
it ain't, it ain't, you know, when most people think about, well, I'm a wise person, bro. It's talking about the intelligence of man. Even though Lucifer was a man. Because he the man that brought the sin in the world before Adam. <laughs> Amen. Right. Then it goes on to say, By reason of thy brightness, I will cast thee to the ground. I will lay thee before kings, that they may behold thee. Thou hast defiled thy sanctuaries by the multitudes of thy iniquity, by the iniquity of thy traffic. Therefore will I bring forth a fire from the midst of thee. It should devour thee, and I will bring thee to ashes upon the earth in the sight of them that behold thee. Now that fire right there is the fire that'll harm you that God brought out here, which is doing this burning up this earth around here today. Oh my God. <laughs> and I will bring thee to ashes upon the earth in the sight of all them that behold thee. All they that know thee among the people should be astonished at thee. Thou should be a terror, and never should thou be anymore. Now here's where God brings something to pass. Go back to Isaiah. We go to Isaiah 14. And the Isaiah 14 is in relation to King Tyre. It said in Isaiah 14, verse 12, said, How art thou fallen? From heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning, how art thou cut down to the ground, which didst weaken the nation? For thou hast said in thy heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high, yet thou should be brought down to hell to the sides of the pit. They that see thee should narrowly look up on thee and consider thee, saying, Is this the man that made the earth to tremble and did shake kingdom? That made the world as wilderness and destroyed the cities thereof that opened not the house of his prisoners. Now jump down to verse 22. It said, For I will rise up against them, said the Lord of hosts, and cut off from Babylon the name and remnant and son and nephew, said the Lord. I will also make it a possession for the bittering and pools of water. I will sweep it with the besom of destruction, said the Lord of hosts. The Lord of hosts has sworn, saying, Surely, as I have thought, so shall it come to pass, and as I have purposed, so shall it stand. See, God brings things to pass, and he can say one thing, and he can bring it to pass, and he mean what he said. That's why his word would not return unto him void. He the only one that can say something, and it's going to happen. You can believe it. If you don't believe it's still gonna happen, cause unbelief, you might what you messed up anyway, 
Because you're in unbelief because you don't even believe. So you're still dead in trespasses and sin. That's why you need to believe Jesus Christ died for your sins, was buried and rose again. And you pass from death into life before you sleep and after you sleep. And that continues to make heaven your home. And we give great thanks for that in Jesus' most precious name. Amen. That is the completion of that lesson. Amen. You know, for generations and generations and generations and generations and generations and generations, and sometimes the thing that takes, that, that um, sometimes he don't, don't manifest himself in my lifetime or your lifetime, the petition that he's put forth for you. And, and therein come how God create legacies, you know what I'm saying? Amen. That you said something, and it's, gonna, it's still going to take place now. Yes, sir. But do you have the faith, okay, to remain, you know, steadfast, uh, committed to what, you know, what he gave you to do? You know, you, and that's where most people have a problem at. You remember uh, Ike Tina Turner said, what love got to do with it? <laughs> well, unbelief ain't got nothing to do with it. That's why you deserve to go to hell because of unbelief. Believe what God is saying. Well, I got the understanding. You ain't got to understand nothing. Just believe what you hear. You don't understand nothing when it's talking about a lie that's going on in the world. You believe it just like that. Uh-huh. Now you can't believe God. And this is a book. This is the only book that's written to man to tell him how wicked he is. Uh-huh. All other books that are written like bibliography or something, they're telling people how good they are and what they have done, puffed up with their intelligence. <laughs> well, well, Rev, I think that, uh, that that's the thing that, that people have to understand, that, that God gives people all type of options, okay, to be able to, you know, participate, you know, in, in what's going on. But do they do that? No. Nope. Somebody else? Yep. yep. <laughs> <laughs> do they do they think okay that he don't notice what they're doing? Well guess what? They're wrong and they're wrong and they're wrong. Yes, sir. You know, and I just wanna you know, uh, you know thank you for this, you know, for the for lives and the pearls of wisdom that you share Rev every series, you know, there's always, you know, something that we we are you know, Amen. That can feed you for the rest of the week. Yes, sir. <laughs> okay, so that's why I said, get the pen, get the, you know, get the ink pen, all the pencil, or get your tab, or your cell phone, whatever you're going to keep notes in. Because one of the things that, uh, that what Rev is telling us is uh, that this is going to stay with us all through our week, okay? And we just happen to make sure we start your weekend with some world's pearls of wisdom in the book. Line on line, word on word, the word of God is inexhaustible. And, and 
mindful of that. And, and I'm not going to be mindful. Just, just, just continue to believe what you said. Believe, believe in what, what you see, and that's the, this is his world. You know. You know, I when they say that the continue never that the continuing story, where they got that word continuing story because they were thinking about the word of God is inexhaustible. <laughs> you could never finish it. I done went through the Bible six, eight, nine, ten times from cover to cover, but you know what? I still ain't never read the whole Bible. <laughs> Look out! <laughs> Amen. That's why it's inexhaustible. You'll never finish this book. Wow, I didn't like say it's like reading it for the first time. Oh, I didn't know that. But anyway, you listen to Ferguson USA Hot Talk.com. You listen to Reverend Pastor El Ayota out of Miles, Pastor the Walnut Park Mountain for Church in North St. Louis, 41. 
thought about why it's getting so hot you think about it when the word said hell has enlarged itself huh <laughs> it's enlarged itself so hell is in the within the the depths of the earth itself you don't know how big this earth is Okay, we, 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 
know, respirators, there's you know, the urgent care in the hospital now. Mm-hmm. I mean, so, so right now, please, 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 you know, and, and, and if anybody having the doubts, you know, uh, I think most recently here, uh, Pfizer was, you know, officially certified, you know, by the FDA, authorized, you know, as, as you know, all the things that it's supposed to be doing that it's doing. Uh, you know, and also Johnson and Johnson, people who had, you know, you know were worried or concerned, like yourself, Scott, who got their vaccination. Well, anybody get a booster for the, the, the Moderna and the, uh, and the, and the Pfizer, well, uh, and the good news, okay, Johnson and Johnson has not been steep at the wheel. Okay, they're coming out with also, Scott, you know, probably not quite sure what, what, what a booster for them also. Because that's why... What 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 we at least went to war to fight. Okay, the war has expanded, for lack of better description. You know, you know we with you know, this this pandemic, uh, in most of the southern hospitals, you know, uh, you know, you know, you got uh, like in Florida, it, it, it is it is an embarrassment for anybody to be an elected official to want to fight science, want to take the money. Okay, and keep in mind, people here. When we look at what's going on in Florida and other states, these governors, okay, are using your resources to fight your benefits. I mean, you know, you know uh, just recently, uh, the Sanchez down in Florida had a mandate, you know, that, well, you guess, you know, these mass mandates, you know, when you went to court and, and the, you know, those said, hey, you, you don't have the right you know, to, to, you know, to do this. And matter of fact, you know, for heavy schools from wearing masks when you leave the country in, in, in the hospitals where you, where you we got more sitting outside you know portable hospitals being built in all of the south they don't tell us on the news because there's so much just going on just because you know you see the things on the news you know what i mean it, it does not mean that the covid 19 has gone away amen that's not, they're not talking about it. I mean, uh, as a matter of fact, even the governor down in Texas, uh, he was able you know, to uh, catch, catch it, okay? Now he's vaccinated now, okay? And, and now guess what? Uh, he got the, 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 the rich man dose, okay, for lack of a better description. You know, they were they, you know, knocking out in, in him, okay? But everybody had that kind of money. You know, that, that was, you know, the first thing, yeah, everybody insurances, and matter of fact, you get, you, you, in the country, they're giving you free vaccinations. They're giving you free testing. And I just don't understand why people, should everybody have their rights? You know, and I'm one that's always for people to have their rights, okay? But I'd like to have you here to come to us this time next year. You know what I'm saying? Well, we can be heard on Ferguson USA Hot Talk Radio, wherever you can find that. We can also be heard on uh, Spotify, uh, RSS.com, and Google uh, Google Podcasts. Yeah, Facebook and all that stuff. And you, you know, and so again, you know, uh, and we say this constantly. We want you to be. And, and all it takes, you know, to go get a vaccination, you know, it, it, it saves your life. And I got one of my, uh, a young man, you know, close to my heart. Uh, he, uh, we talked just this week, and he is here saying, I asked him, you got a vaccine? Well, Mr. I'm, I'm just not, you know, I, I don't understand. I said, well, 
What is it to understand? I mean, you got a family. You know, you got people in your family that's older people that, that you, you never know, you know what you're going to come in contact with. Nobody knows that. And I tell people, don't do it for me. Do it for yourself. Do it for your family. Because one of the things, especially in the black community, uh, in our family, we have multiple people in our households. Multiple generations, I should say. And that's not by choice. Okay, but, but in some cases, it is by choice. But that means it's more important than ever before. So please get vaccinated. Please get vaccinated. And also, uh, I'm going to ask you again as we pray. And I say that because now we have, now this, now this, this, is just, this, is, this is bad, okay, but 38.7 million people have caught this thing. And, and I tell you, you can call it coronavirus, COVID-19, different, you know, whatever it is. But whatever it is, 636,000 people are dead right now. And they, ain't, and they ain't coming back. Now, a lot of them saying, if all they knew now, how do I say go If I knew now what, what I knew, know now what I knew then, you know, I would have I got that vaccination. Now, you can call that a testimony. I'll call it what you want, okay? But, you know, people on their deathbeds, okay, they're going to tell the truth. And that's what I call it, a deathbed confession, whatever you want to call it. But uh, this, this is what people are saying to them about this is going on, people getting this. And also, if you're going back to college, uh, COVID-19, uh, uh, you know, uh, the vaccines, uh, you know, because most schools and most colleges, you know, students are about to face consequences as several universities are starting to you know, disenroll unvaccinated students. So you may go into a thing, you get in there, you know what I mean? And, you know, and they, you know, they can overlook you, okay, and you get away, but they, but they still picking their records. And also, this is a sad thing to say, but uh, Tennessee is kind of 12 states to have more than a million COVID-19 cases. And this is not according to our, this is the John Hopkins Institute, the John Hopkins University, who track all these things. And again, I said before, the, uh, the South, uh, not just the South, most states right now, a lot of states uh, who have had these uh, more portable, portable morgues brought to you know, build them and stuff. I know we had one in St. Louis and they tore it down, saying it was a waste of money. Well, guess what? Now, we, you know, the way things are going, which is not in the right direction, because as we're going back to school, kids are going back to school, and they're becoming more in touch with more people. And what does that do? Spoon, <laughs> right, 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 yeah. You know, uh, I was fortunate, my granddaughter in, down in, in, uh, in, in Georgia, you know, she, uh, uh Cardi, she's doing, doing much better right now. She's out of quarantine. Amen. She was 11 years old. She on birthday was next month, so she could get the vaccination. And so right now the family's all doing well. It was, when it happened in your house, everybody gets on edge. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And everybody starts feeling, oh, my God. Oh, my God. So you don't want to go through that. I mean, I was going through this in my house. I was oh, my God. You know what I mean? So you don't want, you don't want to go through that, okay? Take my word for it. And also, uh, just to say, you know, uh, we talked about uh, the authorization and stuff. And also uh, something that's, uh, in, 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 you know, in our, in our eyesight that we've been praying for in this COVID-19 Supreme Court, I mean, of a nine justice, okay? Most of those justices live in our home that's at least a half million dollars, you know, you know uh, value, okay? 
And so they saw fit uh, uh, overnight, I think this is the third night, to uh, overthrow, uh, uh, put 3.5 million people on the street who are facing, facing you know, convicted evictions, I should say, in evictions, you know, for, uh, for loss of jobs. Uh, you know, you could go down the whole, whole list of things, you know what I mean? And, and the COVID-19 created all of these things. You know, and you know, and I guess the the bad part about this, over forty six point five billion dollars, forty six point five billion dollars, was it point five billion dollars? Okay, in metal and federal assistance has not been used. The cities and the states, you know, they they, they probably debate on how to use it. Well, why are they debating people hitting the street? You, know, you watch it on TV. Some ladies, you know, have been debating Come home. You know, and you think matters are bad now, real? What do people like now, you know, when they want to, you know, they get in contact, they can't find them. I mean, they may be safe in their homes right now, they're going into shelters in some cases. And that's going to create more, more, more COVID cases. More and more deaths. I got you know, a and, question for you, Brother Ira. Yes, sir. Uh, what about the folks who really, you know, are they're looking forward to heaven and don't care about that? Death. Why would I care about death if I, if I'm going to go somewhere better? Well, you know, you, you know, Scott, uh, I haven't met anybody personally saying, you know, and when you went through this corporate, you know, who who was saying that they were ready to die. Because you saw long lines, you know, trying to get tested. You saw long lines trying to get vaccinated. But that and wasn't was, everybody. Well, no, it wasn't everybody. But right now, I think we got maybe uh, probably a third of the country right now who said they, they, they don't want to be you know, vaccinated. And that's their rights. You know I mean, that, that's their rights, okay? But the problem comes in is if, if a person goes to uh, the church and they go to school and they contaminate somebody else. That's where the problem comes in there. Well, I mean, if they want, if they want to die, I'm not, I'm a lot of people have been wanting to die for years, okay? But isn't that on the person, not the government, for uh, uh, for this person to stay away and, and mask up? Uh, well, Scott, I don't think it's the government saying that you got to do it. It's a corporation, because if you have a corporation of business and somebody dies, you know, you know, the insurance, you know, you know, there's other ramifications, okay, then just a person dies. I mean, it, it's gonna have a, a, a like a, a subtle effect on your whole your whole business, mm-hmm. uh, or, 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 or if you get you get blamed, okay, for somebody you know, coming your establishment and got COVID nineteen, well, you your business is gonna take a, a gonna take a dive. Well, true. I mean, I mean but you know, you you can be uh, considerate without being uh, vaccinated. You can be considerate, Scott, but 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 that means that you're not sure. If, if, you, if you're a carrier of the other one of the parents. Well, that's true, but like I said, still, if you're considering you stay six feet away, according to science, according to science, you can't get it. Okay, Scott, but that's the whole thing. If you don't know you got it, you know, you don't, and, 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 and you're saying that I ain't got it. Matter of fact, I know a lot of places that you know, people have uh, they don't want to go to different places, okay? Because they 
they're not sure and in, in, in the crowd. They don't want to go. Right now, people are starting to stop traveling again, Scott, because they're getting afraid that, that a lot of people are not being vaccinated. So that's driving the economy down by itself. Those people who are not vaccinated. That's their responsibility to stay away from other people as well. I mean, and, and that's their choice. Scott, but that's a good point about everybody don't do the right thing. Well, so is it the right thing? Well, if it, well for you it is, but if you're killing somebody else, it ain't good. <laughs> I understand that, Ira, but... Uh, okay. I don't know. When I just point them, okay. Well, then, no, we're going to kind of change the subject right quick and run out of time here. Uh, okay, I'm sorry. Oh, that's okay. Now, a couple of things here. Uh, one is, okay, uh, in, uh, over in Kabul, over in Afghanistan, we had a very, very bad week. In all the 12 years or 20 years we've been there, we had 13 American soldiers die. No, again, we were trying to get out of there, trying to, you know, avoid the cost of life. You know, but again, and the bad part about this, all of these people were less than 35 years old. They, they, they all were just beginning their lives. And like I said, and, and what President Biden said, he didn't want to have any more lives lost, okay? But so right now, uh, war is messy. Uh, you know, the good thing about it is that uh, there have been a retaliation against the people. Uh, ideally, hopefully, okay, they're, they're playing this. You know, so, so again, uh, they have, uh, you say, how can you do that? They got all types of you know, tracking devices and stuff. And over there, you know, movement down and over there, okay, is being tracked you know, above by some kind of some kind of sophisticated radar or something. And so we pray for all the family members, okay. Uh, we had some people here from Missouri and Winsfield close by us that, that died, you know. Uh, he just, just, just got out of the house a couple of years ago, you know what I mean? And uh, again, he just started his life, but again, uh, he, you know, he, he was doing what he wanted to do. Uh, he was happy, you know, to be serving his country, you know, and, and, and we honor him and his family. But again, uh, he was just starting his life, you know what I'm saying? You know, and the bad part about it is those young people like that who are our future. And now, that's what's going to happen over there. A, we need to be out by the 31st. A lot of people who are criticizing uh, President Biden, you know, saying, shouldn't do it you shouldn't do it that way uh it shouldn't be like this okay or you should or you should do it this way are you there right? yeah yeah all those things are true you know that, that, that they're saying but the, but the fact of the matter is we had to leave at some point in time and so now okay uh keep in mind over 100, 120,000 people have been evacuated in two weeks. That is unbelievable. That is unbelievable. So right now, if people have been criticizing, you know, just think about that. That's a lot of people to move at one at one point in less than a month, and then have places you know coordinated for them to land and to be vaccinated, and also for them to you know, get their paperwork and then find their homes at the same time. That is a hard thing to do. So why they couldn't criticize the, you know, our, you know, our president and the people what they're doing. And keep in mind, he was given this date, you know, his predecessor. The troops draw down was always, he had no choice to do this. So now as we look at this, you know, all we can do is pray that nobody 
losing more lives over there, and that we continue to pray for those people you know, who you know who are over there now, and they all get home safely. And another thing we got to talk about just briefly is that the, uh, the voter rights bill was passed by the United States House of Representatives this past week. Uh, and the bad part about it is what no Republican voted yes. Not good. Okay, if you're not going to the Senate, you're actually Senate, uh, and over there, that's going to be a, a rough hold, a road to hold that they were put in the country. But uh, but I think, you know, I, I got faith in your past. I, I got faith, you know, that uh, all these all these different states that are coming up with all these rules. And the funny part about that, you said, well, it's no big deal. Well, we had, we just had the most, the most perfect election in our history. We had six or seven lawsuits with the Supreme Court, and they all said there was no fraud. As a matter of fact, as we speak, the state of Michigan just know uh, a fellow judge right there now, the lawyers that President Trump will have fight this case, well, most of those lawyers, well, a lot of those lawyers right now are about you know, to be had a license suspended. Because if you, if you are a, a, a lawyer, you're supposed to hold the Constitution. You're not supposed to no, no, have a lie. Well, they created the big lie. Now they're about to pay for it. And this is some serious stuff here that we got going on here. You know, and like, so again, uh, you know, we, we want to continue to pray. And also, uh, while we pray, here the same in Missouri. Uh, this is uh, bad, 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 bad. To us, and Medicaid people. Now, there's people you know, who, who need medical help you know, very, very, very badly. Well, we voted last year for them to get their rights. This cost the state, you know, now they got to administer the, the program here and give money to the people that need it the most now for their health problems. Well, the governor already said, sure, the law said it, the court said it, but I ain't going to sit, I ain't going to do it. And one day to sit there. Well, that's article, well, that violates another federal law. But I don't understand why can't I, can, how can our government the state, the state legislator in Missouri and the governor be so hard on poor people. I just don't understand it. As a matter of fact, uh, uh, Reverend Clyde Crumpton, help me understand that. I can help you understand that, Ira. Go ahead, Reverend. What can understand you, they said spiritual weakness in high places. <laughs> That's telling you right there. The, the people that high places with big money and everything, they are ran by Satan and his demons. And they are the ones that run this culture and everything that's in it. And all they think about is money and merchandise. They don't care nothing about people. They come to, okay. the devil came to steal, kill, and destroy. Okay, well, Reverend, I'm going to ask Reverend Crompton that same question. Reverend Crompton, what are your thoughts? Good afternoon, everybody. Hello. Uh, greetings on, on this uh, Saturday afternoon. Yeah. Um, I agree with uh, the gentleman that just spoke. That Reverend Lyle. Reverend Lyle. Reverend Lyle. Yeah, Reverend Lyle. Um, it, you know, it's the greed and selfishness of capitalism. And the poor folks are just collateral damage. Mm. You know, so uh, capitalism is not bad. It's the greed and selfishness that, ha that have corrupted it. Mm -hmm. So, uh, that's kind of where we're faced now, and it seems like it's coming down to the rich and the poor. And I think a couple of years ago, someone said there was an effort to eliminate the middle class. Mm -hmm. So, uh, 
So that's kind of where we are, man. So it's no surprise, you know, there's no surprise um, that we're at this point. Well, before we go any further, I want, I want to introduce our guest today. Uh, Reverend Clyde Crumpton is the pastor of the uh, Corbillion Church uh, in, in North St. Louis. Uh, he, he followed the legacy of, 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 of Pastor Gillespie, who was a, a, a stone pillar in, in, in North St. Louis for many, many years. I consider him to be a friend. And Clyde has taken up his work over there. But Clyde, and I go back to high school, did we played football together in high school at Soldan. <laughs> yeah. Amen. Sir. <laughs> I'm good, sir. I'm good. I'm good. Um, East St. Louis beat CBC yesterday. Yes, Mm-hmm. Now we look at the uh, 
a timeline uh, of these events. God is, is sharing this prophecy with Abram 2,000 years before Christ. Mm -hmm. And now we're in the period 2,000 years after Christ. Mm -hmm. That accounts for the four generations. God says that this is going to repeat itself. And the repeat is 1619 to 2019. So the 400 years ended in 2019. Mm -hmm. So when we look at Exodus chapter 12, verses 40 to 42, it, it, uh, it tells us that it was actually 430 years before Moses actually led Israel out. So now with this prophecy repeating itself, we're in that 30-year period. Because the 400 ended in 2019, so 2020 began the 30 years. I call it the 30-30. So we have to take a look at, since we have a precedent and uh, somewhat of a blueprint to, to look at this happening before, we'll look at what happened in that 30-year period. When we look at uh, Exodus chapter 7 to, up to chapter 12, during that 30-year period, well, that's when the 10 plagues came in. Mm -hmm. So in January, or, well, in 2020, the beginning of 2020, we opened up that 30-year period with a pandemic. Mm -hmm. huh. And all those plagues had an impact on the economy. Amen. Oh so that's where we are now. We're in the second year of that 30 and it only goes downhill from here but here's the thing this was all about the people of god and african americans descendants of african slaves are part of god's chosen people and till america reckons with god's people and treats god's people right it's not going to change and i have yet to hear any of our leadership any of the evangelicals or anybody come up and say during this time that perhaps we ought to consult God because we're in over our heads and this pandemic is beyond us. Amen. Nor have I heard anyone say that perhaps the plight of our African American community because America has done a disservice to this people for now over 400 years. Amen. And if we look at a lot of activities that are taking place around the world today, especially in terms of black history, almost every day, weekly at least, there are more and more things being exposed in African-American history that makes the case for the African-American and the plight, that states the plight of the African-American community today. Amen. So we're living in a prophecy and uh, with, with uh, all of our biblical scholars and, and you know, uh, the evangelicals, like I mentioned a moment ago, no one is, is taking a look at the narrative, this comprehensive view of the narrative to say that perhaps this is, uh, these African-Americans are God's people and this prophecy. Amen. This nation is being judged. And when we look at Isaiah, chapter 26 verses 2021 20, and, and see isaiah is, is somewhat of a comprehensive view of the 66 books of the bible amen <laughs> so when we look at 26 and verses 2021 20, we're in that 
in that part of the prophecy where God is saying to his people, shelter in place. Amen. It actually reads, uh, go into your chambers or into your dwelling place, shut the door behind you, and stay there for a little while, while God comes from his place to judge this place because of its iniquity, its sin, and gross injustice against God's people. Amen. So we're still supposed to be in a shelter-in-place mode. It's not time to go out, but capitalism dictates that we open up our economy and go back to work. Well, what about all these folks that are going to die as a result of the uh, the pandemic and the coronavirus and Amen. these variants that are coming? Well, they're just collateral damage because we got to get our money moving. Mm -hmm. So they're putting money over life, and nobody has, uh, as, as of yet that I've heard about politicians and leaders of the are saying that we must consult God in this, in this issue during this time. Mm -hmm. we all That's where we are. Let the house amen on that one. Man. Say, Ira. Yes, sir. Could I put something with that? What have, it's, it's two things that we haven't noticed. Is uh, something else with that. If you look at Afghanistan, and you look at St. Louis, what are both of those two places has in common? Uh, well, in fact, the majority of the people in those areas are black. They're people of color and they're poor. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. And see, uh, uh, America's interest in Afghanistan is mostly corporations and big business. Mm -hmm. They're making money off of the resources there in the land. Amen. And the United States military is their security. Because mm -hmm. you've been listening to the news and a lot of the, our, our State Department is saying there are a lot of folks over there, Americans, that are not ready to leave. Mm -hmm. yeah. what's, what's, what's keeping them there? <laughs> but, but money and resources. Yeah. They're not over there to support the people. They're, they're, they're trying to hang on to their interests. That's why I told us not the Israelites. They're not God's people. What was that? They're not God's people. They think they're God's people, but they're not. They're false. They're wicked, well, well, they, crooked, we, we, demons. We can't take away their history. If I might say that, that, that's their history and that's their story. And there is some biblical support for their history and their story. Yes, sir. But then, but then when we look at the book of Revelation, it says that out of the 12 tribes of Israel, there's only going to be uh, 144,000, 12,000 from the 12 tribes of Israel. That's not a lot of people. So um, I think that they do have their story, their history, uh, part of which is in uh, part of which is the uh, part of the biblical narrative, and it also speaks to our um, position in this world today. So we can't take away their history because it speaks to our history. We can't mm -hmm. deny them and who they are. And see, I see, I've been hearing a lot of brothers talking about African Americans being Hebrew Israelites, and we're, we're not Israelites. That that's clearly stated biblically as they're, they're being descendants of Shem. And, uh, and they, they clearly uh, 
you know, take note of their history and they teach their history. So we can't deny that. If we want to claim to be Hebrews as African Americans or black folks, I can see us claiming uh, to be Hebrew Ishmaelite from Abraham's first son, Ishmael. Amen. Because uh, we we are um, we are of a different people. Amen. And when you when you look at the Genesis 15 prophecy, at the end of Genesis 15, it, it names some of the descendants of Ham and the Canaanites. Amen. The Hamathites. <laughs> so, so I think that's where we come. What's that again? The Hamathites. Yeah. So we we I think that's where we fall into the narrative. <laughs> but nevertheless. That means that we are a covenanted people with Abraham. Under Abraham. <laughs> so if we really take that to heart, we we can claim to be Hebrew Ishmaelites, a covenanted people under by God under Abraham. But that also means that we have access to resources. God blessed Abraham, and that, that transcends down to his descendants. Amen. So we can have, we can do, we can become whatever we desire, and whatever we request of our God with whom we are in covenant. Now, that covenant gives us access to resources, but when we look at Christ and his coming uh, to as the incarnate word of God, that gives us salvation that we don't always find in our covenant. Mm -hmm. So we are, we have uh, a couple of blessings, a couple of ways to look at our relationship with God. Okay, we'll go ahead and listen. Say that again. I'm listening, go ahead. You're doing great. Oh, well, I, I, I paused there to see if anyone uh, wanted to uh, respond to that or have any questions. Go ahead, preach on, bro. <laughs> hey, 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 keep on, bro. Keep on preaching. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, what I think us, though, is that now we can take a look at our community and our neighborhood in this country, the black community. And I'm looking at a, a four-stage process that incorporates uh, who we are as a people. So mm -hmm. let me ask you this: Have you uh, have you discussed the critical race theory? Has anybody heard anything about that? Uh, yes. Well, I think right now that it's being discussed. But unfortunately, it's been trying to be knocked down because one of the things uh, I think about in the last seven, eight years, it became very uh, uh, prevalent, I should say, in the Southern Baptist Conference, where a lot of the pastors there uh, started leaving the conference, you know, black pastors, I should say, because uh, the very what happened was people didn't want that to be known of what took place in the history. Uh, no, of our country as related to black folks. And so and so from that, uh, even in Missouri now, so other, in some states, they don't want to teach the history uh, 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 how blacks were involved in, you know, in our history. And that's where the problems, and that's where, that's, that's some of the things that's 
I kind of glossed over that, you know, but that's what's going on with that. Yeah, the, the critical race theory is basically theory uh-huh. that, and I'm paraphrasing it loosely, that states that when a people knows and becomes aware of their cultural history, that it, it's, especially if they're poor people, that knowledge of their cultural history and the legacy of their history they learn that when they can learn their history, they learn that they have a responsibility for that history. They have a responsibility for building their lives on that cultural foundation, the cultural historical foundation. They have a responsibility to protect that cultural history and narrative. Uh-huh. And they have a responsibility for teaching it. Uh-huh. So when they learn uh, of their cultural history and the legacy of their history. That in, in the people themselves builds a measurable amount of pride, self-esteem, and value. Uh-huh. And in the black community, a lot of our young people are missing that. In that sense, we have failed a lot of our young people because we have not taught them who they are, their history, their culture. We've allowed, we as, as only, we as probably the only people are only uh, of a few that have allowed others to educate our children. The Jewish community doesn't do it. Islam uh, teaches its own. Mm-hmm. Uh, and other cultures around the world, they teach their own. Uh-huh. We have turned ours over to public education which is, which is part of the oppression that, uh, that, that public education does not educate us on who we are as a people. Mm-hmm. We can learn the science, technology, engineering, uh, arts, and, and uh, visual performing arts, math. We can learn those academics. Mm-hmm. But the cultural part is where your pride, self-esteem, and value comes from. Mm-hmm. So in our community, when I see our young people out here creating these offenses, uh, you know, the disrespect, the bad attitudes, the, the driving through stop signs and stop lights and feeding and the language and the gun violence and the assault. And I, I talk to these folks, they don't know who they are. They have no clue. And their pride and self-esteem and value are low. Amen. A young men are saying that if my life has no value, because that's what they think. Mm-hmm. And what difference does it make if I spend my life in jail or somebody takes my life or if I take somebody else's life? Mm-hmm. My life has no value. You know, Clyde, right now, okay, what you just said is, is really that the base right now of the problem that, that, that we have with, excuse me, in our country, in our community, in the black communities, because one of the things that's taking place, okay, we're going to show this in a couple of weeks, okay, that all the gun violence and all this stuff here, okay, is, 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 is somebody benefits from there financially, and it's not the people that's being killed. I mean, you know, with the other plan there, and, and which, you know, excuse me, with, you know, the, the fact that the value of our lives and the importance of our lives is not being taught to our kids, so they cannot see what legacy for them to, you know, for them to leave for their own families. And they don't understand the value of, you know, the, the legacy that they should be leaving. Correct. And not telling children about it, but trying to make a, make a life, you know, 
leave a legacy that, you know, and to do a leave a legacy, you got to live, live a little bit beyond 25, 30 years old. <laughs> I mean, so, mm-hmm. so, so I get into, and that's just my personal opinion, okay, before you can sort of get into a legacy. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we got to go through this, you know, a, a cycle of, you know, uh, you know, understanding, education, then you got to get some experience in your life, okay, and then at that point you got to sort of kind of, I think this is in Proverbs, the second chapter in Kingdom level, level verses there, where you got to understand what wisdom is, and before you, before you can actually start using wisdom, and that's when you're a little bit beyond 20 and 15 years old. Mm-hmm. That they don't have the slightest idea how important they are to, to society. Mm-hmm. And if you just said they just think I'm just I'm just a I'm, I'm just a number. Who cares? Who, who cares less? Hey, Ira. Yes, sir. Uh, a, a, another point I'm just putting up here is that uh, the people are scattered. Oh yes. All over the universe. And. What what's really going on is talking about two groups of people, or you could say three groups. It's talking about the saved, the unsaved, and the want to be saved. And those that don't know, they need to be saved. Right. But and that again lies most of the problem in that group right there, okay? Because never before in, in, in history have opportunity to learn been more different people in our lifetime. I mean, you know, with the advent of technology, uh, what we're doing right now on this radio program here, okay? We're actually teaching on Saturday afternoon around the world about critical race theory. Amen. About what's going on, going on around the world. What's going on in our community? What's going on in the world? Now, how you know, we're facing the pandemic, and that Reverend Clyde just spanked to us, okay? We just in the first step, in the, in the first 30 years of this process that we're about to go through. You know, and, 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 and that's a line on line, Bible on Bible verses that he's taking that from. And that, is, and that is powerful, okay, to know that this is not just his, you know, his theory, okay? No, uh, no uh, history on the theory. This is what the Bible says, all right, all right, Pat? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Absolutely. So, so also, when we look at this critical race theory, mm-hmm. there are 25 states that have either proposed or have proposed and passed legislation that says they don't, that they cannot teach. Basically, they can't teach black history. They're, they're using the 1619 Project curriculum mm-hmm. uh, as as the uh, excuse uh, or as the uh, uh, the information or the piece that they want to use to, to prohibit black mm-hmm. history from being taught in public school. Mm-hmm. So, and the state of Missouri is one of those. Mm-hmm. So, the state of Missouri, and I don't know if it's passed. I'll be in Jefferson City Monday, mm-hmm. but. They, uh, they were proposing legislation that, that stated if public schools taught or utilized the 1619 Project curriculum or taught about the 400-year history, mm-hmm. that they would lose their public school funding. Now, why, 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 why is the state, uh, why uh, is the white society, because right now our legislators in Missouri, if you're not aware, 
in, on, on the, in, the, in the House is dominated by Republicans, and the Senate dominated by Republicans, and the governor's Republicans. So why, why, why are they so fearful of them? Well, it's, it's all a part of uh, keeping oppression and racism in place. But see, yeah, it's, it's a, uh, but, and I don't want to get too much into this, but it's causing, they're trying to keep up the division between the poor whites and the poor blacks, but we're all poor. Amen. So, so poor white folks think, think, they make poor white folks think that poor black folks are their problem. Mm-hmm. That's how to keep the division going. Yes, sir. But when you say, and see, a governor who claims to be Christian, that's the part that gets me. Mm-hmm. And there's that basically they don't want, like history taught in schools, because they don't want to offend white folks and mm-hmm. make white kids feel inferior or some kind of way. But for our Republican governor who, who says he's Christian, the Bible tells us to tell your story, your history, and your relationship with God to your children and your grandchildren. Mm-hmm. We're supposed to do this. Amen. Deuteronomy 4 and 9 and Psalm 78 and all through the, the, the Old Testament. Amen. We're supposed to tell, tell our story. Now, yes, sir. The Jewish community has done very well at they, they even have gone as far as having their own schools take their children on all of their holy days, including Passover and Pentecost and Hanukkah. When they have these holy days, they gather their families, their children, and they sit around the table with a Seder, and they tell their history Amen. to their children over and over and over again till it becomes a part of them. Amen. They're building their lives uh, on the legacy of their cultural histories. They have the pride, the self-esteem, and value all in place, intact. Uh-huh. We don't. So, 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 so when, when we look at this, and, and here's, here's where I want to go with this. We have to tell our story. We have to teach our history. And we're not teaching it to anybody feel inferior or uncomfortable. But we're doing this to, to build the pride, self-esteem, and value in our own community, within our own people, especially our children. Amen. Because we can see that missing uh, as a missing component. Now, if I, if I yes. the critical race theory is a theory that says, basically, we have to teach our, our cultural history to our children to build their pride, self-esteem, and value, which will change their mindset and change their behavior. So if yes, I can sir. teach this, this is going to improve my neighborhood and my community. Why can I not teach this? <laughs> so that, that makes it clear that they want to maintain oppression, racism, and division. Amen. So if, if we can't do it in public schools, uh, if we can't do it in public schools, then where does that responsibility fall in our community? They don't want it to happen. Yeah, but, but who, what institution in our community <laughs> should take up this responsibility? Wickedness. Wickedness don't want this to happen. Don't want men to come together and have love one for another. Workers together. That's the principle of Jesus Christ. That's why Christ had to come here to teach us this through him. Right now, listen, okay, now, uh, so, so the question is, 
what institution in the black community must take up the responsibility to teach this cultural history to improve our communities and our neighborhoods? Through our families? The, yeah, the, the church. Yeah, because the church is responsible for getting it to the family. Yes, sir. Because schools can't do it, so it's got to fall on the church. Amen. So, so here's, here's my approach, the, the four-step approach. Four stage approach that I that I uh, that I've been testing, okay. and it starts off number one. We take a look at the likes and dislikes in our neighborhoods in our community. Okay. What do we like, and what are our dislikes? Mm -hmm. And you can you know you can kind of list those. I did this with a group of students uh, a couple of weeks ago. And what were the likes, Rem Clark? Well, they, uh, I'll get to that in just a second. I'll explain okay. what, what they responded. Okay. But, but when, when I asked them to look at the likes and the dislikes in their, in their particular neighborhoods in North St. Louis, <laughs> they struggled to come up with what they liked about their neighborhood. Mm -hmm. One student finally said that there were black businesses in his neighborhood. That's, that's, that's a good, that's, that's great. The dislikes, the list was long. And just the, the things that, I, that we mentioned a few moments ago, about the gun violence, the attitude, disrespect, the, 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 tra the, the vehicle traffic, uh, you know, law breaking and all that kind of stuff. Guns, the violence, the drive by. Was that we, do a, we did a review of black history for the 400 years. Uh -huh. uh, we went to the History Museum, we went to uh, the old courthouse, we visited the Dred Scott case, the statue of uh, Dred and Harriet Scott in front of the old courthouse. Uh, you know, so we looked at the Shelley House, which is right down the street from our, our church. Right, yeah. We, the we, Shelley House is a historical house yeah. that yeah. in 19... Yeah, yeah, in 1948, the Supreme Court outlawed racial uh, restricted covenant where white, folks, where white folks could not sell their property to black families. Well, one white family did that and it went all the way to the Supreme Court, 1948, and uh, Thurgood Marshall and, uh, was one of the lawyers on that case. Mm -hmm. So that out, that outlawed racial restricted covenants across the nation. So when we go over all this history with the students, that's step number two. And we we couldn't we, you know we just kind of did a, a, a overview because you can't do a comprehensive view in, in just a few weeks, you know, with students. I mean this this is you know this would take a school year to, to just cover just as fast as surface. Step number three is that we took them, now see, we, we, we couldn't say, uh, we, we tried to avoid saying that we want to teach them the Bible. Because uh -huh. this is public education, right? Yep. This is, we want everybody in on this. So we're not trying to up. proselytize. We're not trying to proselytize. We, we're not saying that we're trying to make you Christians. We're trying to make you aware. Amen. So we, teach, we talk about the 400-year history. We use the Bible as biblical literature. Amen. Which is acceptable. And we do the Amen. Genesis 15 and the Exodus 12 
and the Isaiah 26 and, and other parts of the, the biblical narrative to show them how our uh, cultural history, the 400 years and now the 30 years, how there's a biblical precedence and parallel to this history. Amen. That this history in which we're living is part of a biblical prophecy. So when they see that, uh, how empowering is their black history, how empowering is the biblical uh, parallel, which is to say that, that God spoke of this, that God knows you, God remembers you, has not forgotten you. Amen. Then, then we get to step four, which is what we call ethical decision-making. Mm -hmm. This is the ethical part. So now, with the empowering history, with the empowering biblical narrative, and, and with the pride, self-esteem, and value going up on the scale in life, we go back and look at step number one, the likes and the dislikes. Look at your, because now you're empowered to do something. Look at your dislike, and what are you going to do about it? Amen. So now they become enlightened. The mental, their uh, mindset has changed. Amen. And now they're empowered to make a difference in their neighborhood, even if they just start with their circle of friends. They start with, because they're thinking now. Amen. Their critical thinking, their, their mental processing is different. Amen. So now when uh, with the students that I work with, they, uh, they wrote summaries. Uh, an evaluation and basically what they were saying is knowing this history knowing that there's a biblical precedent knowing that I can I can have I can have I can do I can become whatever I put my mind to and I can gain access to resources Amen. to change my circumstances and my neighborhood I'm empowered to go back and do something about it Amen. So that's 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 why one of the reasons why they do not want the critical race theory uh, discussed. And let me say this: we're not teaching the critical race theory. We're proving the critical race theory. Amen. <laughs> and that's what they do not want discussed and taught because that would override and allow us to rise above oppression and racism. Amen. Let me ask you a question, okay? And, uh, you know, going forward, okay, you know, uh, I'd like for you to kind of, if you can, um, create a, a little uh, handout, if you could, okay, if I remember something, it was like Commerce, to have that, what you just did, all right? So we can kind of store someplace trying to, you know, explain that to people who don't understand it. You know, and use that, do some of the resources that we have, okay? It's because we're working right now with a couple, uh, well, in Missouri at Lincoln University and also at uh, Harrisville College here, or two, you know, HBCUs. And I'd like you to kind of, you know, kind of utilize what you just did, okay, or create you know, some classes, you know, some discussions, and, you know, about that in the future if that's possible. Yes, sir. Amen. Um, <laughs> I, uh... I have not heard no, nobody at this point come up with uh, what we're going to do. Okay, everybody want to talk about what you know, there's no course of action to explain what is taking place. And this is the first time I heard anybody ever come close, okay, saying, okay, 
when is it, when, what are we going to do about this? Well, that's exactly what we're doing, uh, uh, Ira. That's exactly what we're doing. Um, we are, are putting this in the form of a curriculum. What we did this summer was, uh, well, actually in 2019, I did a pilot study. And we did another brief uh, study this summer. So we're in the process of developing a curriculum out of those four stages that can be taught in uh, elementary. I would really like to start in middle school. Amen. But it can be, it can be adjusted to, for any grade level. Amen. We want to start with middle school, and we want to design it to be an interventive and a preventive program. Amen. Oh, yeah. oh, oh, no, I agree, I agree. That's why I said, well, let's put this out here, okay? 
we've shared it, and, and, and one thing is we share, one thing I have found, okay, in the, my years working in the community, you know, uh, and, and I work more with whites than I do with blacks in my life, that most black, white people always want to know what we're doing because they, they have a great interest and they love learning our history. Oh, yeah. One of the things, one of the things, okay, that uh, in, in, uh, one of the things that we overlook, uh, blues and jazz is being played now more by white students, white people, than black people. Because they are coming and, and mastered, okay, am I right, Clyde? Yes, sir. And there are a couple of ways to look at that. Mm -hmm. uh, number one, let me say this about uh, you know the, the, the difference between black and white in this in this country. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, I think uh, the brother just mentioned. Uh, what, what was his name? What's your name? I'm my sorry. Name, my name is Scott Owen. People call me Papa Bear, River. Papa Bear. Okay, okay. Papa Scott. Okay. <laughs> uh, um, so. You, you mentioned uh, about our concern with the white community. Yes, sir. And, and and that's great, but for the most part, this came out of my ministry in the black community in North St. Louis that we see on the 5, 6, 10 o'clock news every day. Yes, sir. And that image is portrayed throughout our community and, and gives the image and, and, and allows people to form opinions about our community, but that's which are not why always true. I'm sorry, but that but that's why and, you're and, trying to change that. I'm sorry? That's why you're trying to change it. Well, that's what my focus is. That's what my concern yes, is. Because, you know, uh, you know, I'll, uh, uh, what the folks are just saying, there's been all kinds of thoughts and ideas on how to police this people. Exactly. Uh -huh but not how to educate these people. So I, I'm, I'm concerned. God is no respecter person. God wants everybody to be saved. Yeah, Amen. Absolutely. Amen. But right now, I got, right now, I got to be concerned about my community that's suffering. Certainly. It's all hands on deck. Amen. And once we, get, once we get our house in order, then we can reach out to others. Yes, sir. I understand but the, Not a whole lot of folks are trying to come into the, to the black neighborhood and, and solve our problem. So I'm saying that this is something that we can do ourselves. And Amen. once we get ourselves up and running, then we can reach out to other communities. Certainly, you know? I understand that. So that's just kind of where I, where I am on that. Hey, Rev, I've been working on that all through my uh, working in the city. Everywhere I talk to people, all about that. No matter who they are. I ain't never a stranger to nobody. No, he isn't. Well, right. You were saying something else. Uh, I didn't make note. I didn't write it down. But you were saying something else before I went back to uh, address what Papa Bear was saying. Well, no, I just was saying that you know that you know, you know that we have a vehicle here okay, to look at Chief of Commerce. And uh, and do our and do our that on the air here that you know that you know people are hearing this probably for the first time, and but in most cases that's like the Shelby House there, a lot of changes in our culture have come out of come out of St. Louis. Absolutely. And so I mean, so this may be one of the places, okay, that addressing this critical race theory might just this might just be you know one of the first um, icebreaker for lack of better for lack of better description, okay, and it mm -hmm. goes in that direction. 
Amen. Yeah, and, and then Missouri and St. Louis and, and uh, you know, is even St. Louis is even different than Kansas City and Springfield. Oh my God. But the state, the state itself is uh, was admitted to the Union as a slave state. Yep. <laughs> Missouri wanted to come into the Union but didn't want to give up the slaves. So the Union said, okay, come on in. You don't have to give up your slaves. Mm-hmm. So when we're talking about teaching culture and history. Yep. That, that slave culture and oppressive mentality that Missouri carried into the Union is still carrying Missouri. Yes, it is. And we don't know it. You know, we can see the effects, but we don't know what it is. Amen. So when our governor says, we were in a meeting with the governor in September of 2019, downtown St. Louis in the rank wing right And uh, it was about 20 ministers, uh, you know, Christian, Muslim, Jewish. And uh, he went around and asked everybody questions. So now this was, this was uh, earlier that year, there was a mass assault weapon shooting I think it was New Zealand, Australia, New Zealand. And within 30 days, they outlawed assault weapons and put a ban and restrictions on guns. So when we were in that meeting, we asked the governor, what are we going to do about these assault weapons and gun control? And right off the top, the governor, Parsons, said, Gun control, eliminating assault weapons, is totally off the table. Let's talk about something else. We ain't talking about that. Mm-hmm. Shut it down. That money. Yeah. And Josh Hawley, senator. So when he was running his campaign, if anybody remembers, seeing him on TV, he had a rifle. Uh-huh. In his campaign ad. Uh-huh. Yep. <laughs> So, so that was a message right there. Mm-hmm. And he got the vote that he was after. Amen. Okay, now, okay, right now, okay, we, right now, we have Chuck uh, DeVoe. How you doing, sir? Man, I'm rolling with you. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, Chuck? <laughs> Man, praise God. <laughs> Yeah. I don't don't let don't let me slow this conversation down because it's it's so timely and it's so right. Okay, well, Reverend Clyde, you know, has uh, come up with a four-step program that we that we're gonna advocate, you know, through the chamber here is you know, how to how to deal with the, you know how to start dealing with the critical race theory, okay, and why they don't want it to be taught, and how we can you know, not just talk about it, but how we how we can make, make a change in it and do something about it, so to speak. And then that's kind of, kind of the thrust of the conference. But anyway, as I was saying that, I remember, I go ahead. So right now, you, you've talked about, see, one thing you just laid out there, people are not aware. You know, people are aware, but they don't think about their history. Missouri, okay, when they came into the Union, uh, it was part of the Louisiana Purchase, okay? And it held up a lot of things because of the slavery issue, okay? A lot of states that, that you know, where blacks were free lost their freedom, okay? When this, when the Louisiana Purchase came came in, you know, part of the United States, you know, and and so now also like Missouri, uh, you know, uh, uh, one of our, our, our one of our uh, logos is that we stumble like a mule, okay, okay, and mm-hmm. the another thing is that you no, know, we, we show me state, 
plays a pregnant part in that. You know, the vote by senators, uh, Sarsky said, no way for, on, on, on voting for the, uh, you know, for the, uh, no, for either one of the actions, no, 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 black, you know, gain some, gain some, you know, some foothold to move forward. And that's why Josh Holly, he just blamed me against it. You know, anything after, oh, hell no. Law to the law. <laughs> okay. Am I right here, Clyde? Am I missing something here? Oh, you're absolutely correct. That's nerve. You know, and so that's what I said. So, but no, no. I think right now, okay, you know, from what Chuck just said, we owe it to, we owe it, well, like Jim Cameron, we kind of owe it to, to, our, to our people around the country. And in some places, we got sort of dialogue. How can we correct this for straighten people out, okay, about what they need to know? Amen. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on that, Chuck? I mean, we, you know, we have spent almost every show for, I don't know, five or six years talking about variations and elements of the same thing. Mm-hmm. And we have not, I mean, when you talked about not waiting on somebody or nobody wants to come into this community or whatever. The mindset has to be that we're going to have to fix ourselves, ourselves. Amen. You know, we got to, you know, and that that's thats the whole point of it. I, 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 I'm not, even though the governor on the gun control issue and all that, but he's the same as all the rest of them. Amen. And even, even to the degree that you go all the way to the top, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's the top or the bottom, and that whole thing about the the, the element of that that is engineered, mm-hmm. you know, to keep us divided, to keep uh, discourse in our society, mm-hmm. combined against the greed factor. Mm-hmm. You know, how many guns does one household need to have? And to make up for every household not having a gun, some of them got over 50. Mm-hmm. You know, and I mean, there's a lot of people that have over 20. Yes, sir. <laughs> you know, so that whole lobbying thing. And so the part of the way, it's like, you know, it, it's just our system and our society. And you study history and you follow the money. You know, Elliot Ness and J. Edgar Hoover figured out how to go after people they couldn't touch by going after through the IRS. Mm-hmm. And that's that's how they have put a kink in the armor of the uh, NRA, the National Rifle Association, who is the number one lobby, no matter what anybody tells you. Mm-hmm. Those folks, and the money they got, and the way they play, they play society like a piano. Mm-hmm. You know, like Mozart wrote the uh, the, the sheet music. <laughs> you know, and they are playing it, man. They're playing it to where the think tanks, the university, whatever, have been hired, and they come up with the strategies for them on how to keep a fear factor going, mm-hmm. or keep. I mean, anyway, don't get me started. But the, the, you know, because I mean. We, we see it every day. Yes, we're sir. Seeing it right, we're seeing it right now, and your eyes are, are, are just are like babies. They don't know right or wrong. Your eyes see what you see. Mm-hmm. And we're seeing it, and we're hearing one thing, and when 
President Biden comes on there and says, I was told to call on this person. Mm-hmm. And everybody, everybody, your eyes and your ears heard it, your eyes saw it, mm-hmm. and said, well, who's t- who told you that? Who's <laughs> telling you this? Yeah. You know, where, where, you know and why, or what, or wait a minute, wait a minute, time out. Who told, who's telling who what to do here? Yeah. <laughs> and so today I, I'm flipping around just because it's a, a, a nice, boring Saturday afternoon, which is a good thing sometimes. And they're trying to say, well, this sounds like a Susan Rice strategy or somebody that's that uh, the, uh, Secretary of State type people. Or, unfortunately, this brother over at the uh, uh, where's Pentagon Joint Chiefs staff he looking like, man, y'all, y'all couldn't figure this out? You know, so it's, it's, it's people are in their jobs, they're consular professionals, but a politician or a lobbyist or somebody else with this greed or hidden agenda or something for money is impacting policy and what we're doing and how we're going about doing it and telling you black man, poor white man, out of job person, or any of these people that are all these sectors of society beyond ethnicity. It has less to do. I mean, and throw in there now, here's the other thing I don't understand. I, I believe I heard a number like, it was either something like 42 billion or something like that that's available for uh, people being evicted. Yes. And what? Six billion of it has only been used or distributed? Yeah. Yeah. And and there's over how many people that are about to be evicted? Three point five. And we know I, don't, I, don't, I mean so our eyes are seeing it, our ears are hearing it. But what? Where's the disconnect? What's going on? And so okay, so which I got in in intended for that money? So let me ask this. I'm sorry, go ahead. Go ahead, you had a question. No, uh, my, my question about the money, because I'm asking the same thing. That's excellent. I'm glad you brought that up, because I've been asking the same question. So are states allowed to place that money in uh, an interest-bearing account somewhere where they're drawing simple interest on this money? Uh, or... Because it's got to, it's some, something is, is, is about the money. You know, mm-hmm. we've always been told to follow the money. Yep. So what is it about the money in this circumstance? Mm. And it's almost like uh, the Medicaid issue where the voters passed it, the money is there, why can't we give it to the people? Mm-hmm. The, the, uh, uh, the rental assistance money already allocated, the money is there. Mm-hmm. Not so much bureaucratic red tape to get it to the people and how much administrative cost are the state and the organizations allowed to draw from that? What percentage goes to the renters and the landlord, and what percentage goes towards administrative expense? Mm. Yeah, you know, and, and also people have to understand that, that, that what's before the Supreme Court because some landlords had sued because they were not getting was not getting the money okay from the particular states where they lived in. Otherwise, they wouldn't have been a lawsuit okay, and everybody been happy. That the money was flowing. Yeah. So, so this was something that was easy, easy, preventable, okay, if everyone had participated 
and gave the money to the people that needed it the most. Right. And this is not something, this discussion didn't, didn't just start last week or last couple of days ago when the Supreme Court made that decision. This has been going on over a year now. I mean, you know, when they first, you know, when the first money came down, check hit me out, you know, if, if I'm right here, they had money that came back, big time came down then because there was a problem then. Okay, so okay, hold on a second, you lose your jobs. Okay, here's some more money for, you know, for, you know, for rental assistance. <laughs> they, they put the poor in for the landlord. So everybody was, should have been happy. Both, both ends were being satisfied. But what happened is the government stepped in, and I said, you know, the cities and the state and whatever, you know, and they, and they took what well, just that cry just said here. And therefore, check yourself. Who got the money? Yeah. The crooks. The crooks got it. The crooks got it. The wicked system, ran by Satan and his demons, got it. Well, so in this case, that's the amen now my fault. <laughs> but you go ahead with your, with your concerns. I, you know, I, I'm, I don't know. Well, I, if, if we just go back to the case study uh-huh. and study the history of things, Change came about in a documentable manner of where Martin Luther King and other uh, uh, advocates, depending on what the issue. And they were kind of out front in the middle of Main Street, whereas nowadays it's really cloak and dagger behind the scenes. Because, you know, you were just going down the list and just add the black farmers to that. Oh my God! Yeah, that money, that everybody just been sitting there wherever it is for how long? The last six years, I know. Of. Yeah, and all this thing is you can't have it, but you know, you're gonna find out that. Well, here's a real, here's a real story on on the real crooks of what uh, just all over the board. But when the top people are doing things the middle people see it and say, well, if they're doing it, why can't we do it? Mm-hmm. So. Our, our our paper money is supposed to be backed up by gold. Don't go there. Yeah, it's supposed to be backed up by gold. But when is it the Federal Reserve, the bank, the bank is in New York, and there's a vault down in the bottom of one of the buildings in New York. And supposedly, yeah, well, yeah, and so the guy that was in charge of the IMF, I think it was. They they put some. I, I want to say they put it's, 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 international money fund, monetary fund. Yeah, monetary fund. So yeah. Yeah, and so I think he was German or from somewhere in Europe. But he was head of it. And don't you know a maid or somebody came up and said they had a sex charge on him? But it just so happened at the same time that he was saying Germany and a few other countries said, "Well, we need to go see our gold." that y'all hold for us. And don't you know they wouldn't let them see us? No. And somebody, somewhere, somehow, has been in and out there and they're tampering with it. And I'm hearing the same thing about Fort Knox. Oh. The gold isn't in there. They want you to think it's in there, but it isn't in there. And they don't want to, they're trying to play whatever the great robbery or, 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 you know how they used to say they're getting their money confused with somebody else's money or the person who's in charge and mixing it up with the business. They're going to put their money in the same pocket or something. 
Well, the whole thing has been going on for a while, and now it's gotten so rampant and so bad that it's almost in every in every category, every element. That that is is written on paper that there's money, but there really isn't any money, and this uh, trillions of dollars in stimulus money and infrastructure development money is fake. It's fake. It'll get something will get spent and get put around, but the money is only going to certain people or, or a certain class or whatever. It's like we don't care if y'all starving. We don't care if you evicted on the streets. As a matter of fact, we need a few more houses. Okay, okay. Just as a matter of fact, okay. Today we wanted to cut the show short uh, five minutes because we have a special program that one of our members in our Missouri. Uh, the United Media Association is 47 years old, oldest black media organization in the country, was founded here in Missouri. It's also one of our family members, our station here, uh, is going to have a program at 3 o'clock. People, please tune in. It's going to tell you about the history of it, the, you know, the, the United Minority Media Association. MC Richardson was the founder and the CEO is still one of our family members here. And so we're going to give them, uh, Scott, at least five minutes to prepare there's a lot going on and it's gonna it's gonna keep playing itself out and hopefully each week we can address more to solutions um, just the little things that we could do ourselves among them but thank you for listening thank you for sharing your ideas and thoughts to all of our guests today and certainly giving me this opportunity to speak out. It does do uh, uh, so good to get things on your mind out and have a chance to share, uh, exchange ideas and thoughts with other people. God bless. Reverend, thank you so much for uh, your spiritual support and presence. We always are thankful for you. Okay, Reverend Clyde, I want to thank you. This is be, to be continued, okay? Uh, you know, a, a follow-up, you know, put in, we're going to document what you're doing, you know, with, with the students here.